0: Welcome, everyone, to the Labeled Paranormal podcast, a podcast where we touch on everything that's labeled paranormal, just like our title says. Uh, we have a wonderful episode today. Um, but first, I am your host, Tom. And I'm Mark. And we would like to introduce Katish, who is a wonderful guest. Uh, we're happy to have her, and we're, she, we're happy that uh, she's an expert in the field that we're talking about today, which is sort of um, soul obstructions or past life regression. And uh, Katish, you want to take a couple minutes here and introduce yourselves to our loyal listeners and a little bit about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Katish. I live in Australia, and I am a um, somebody who has done a lot of different and varied things of my life. But right now, I call myself a quantum soul therapist, which just is a label, and what it means is that I help people understand their life right now and how it has been impacted by their soul's journey on earth and in other locations over the various incarnations that they've had so we have 144 incarnations on each planet and each one of those is concurrent they all happen at the same time because time uh, is not linear it stacks and so because everything is in the now moment Everything you're doing in every lifetime is impacting you right now. And so I'm kind of, I almost want to put the word forensic in there. I'm like a forensic detective because I basically spreadsheet or like get an exercise book and I literally go through incarnation by incarnation. Like I'll write down 144 and work out what the heck is going on in your soul. So it works with, we do typically called them past lives present lives future lives but they're actually all one lifetime of the soul occurring right now yeah so i figure out what's going on in your life and why
0: wow that's that's fascinating and um uh, mark and myself both work in it so we can truly appreciate your spreadsheet and and making um, <laughs> making documents for that because that that really speaks to us over here um, The management me, consultant
1: guess- me does never dies <laughs>
0: It might not be. That might not be. But actually that's a very good point because I, I wanted to go there first um and, and take pick a question off your profile here. So how did you go from being an MBA level university lecturer and management consultant to a quantum soul therapist? What was the, the track there?
1: Yeah, the track was trying to answer the question why? And I, I get that. Yeah, as I started off my career before university lecturing, I was a management consultant. So grad recruitment straight into Accenture, who used to be called Anderson Consulting. So largest management consultancy in the world. Um, You learn to have a very strategic way of thinking. And I did my bachelor's and then my master's degree. And then um, I had what I thought was a certified bona fide trajectory of a career and nothing ever worked the way I thought it would work uh, in oh. my professional career or my personal career. And I guess I kept trying to find out why, 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 why? And it wasn't until I finally decided uh, after I got divorced, I had two small children, they were like oh, two and three, and I decided. Hmm, this traditional career thing's not going to work with two kids. Uh, my husband was one of these in Australia, we call them ex-husband FIFOs, fly in, fly out. So it was like mm-hmm. me all the time. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do this because this is way pre-anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, all right, so let me just try something different. And my career path followed the trajectory of everything to do with what we would call sentience. So I went and studied really deeply in the world of uh the olfactory system so aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. I uh went and studied uh sound therapy so um really deeply into that and then I went and studied deeply into photography so visuals. Um and then I um the sound therapy was the singing bowls and learning all about um, mm-hmm. how we can understand brain waves and how we can help trauma and emotions release, and that accidentally led into past life regression because I realized when I was using the singing bowls that I could take somebody into a past life
0: oh wow wow that's that's fascinating and and you you started you know discovering all of all of these things based off the five senses. And then you led you to vibration, which was the bowls, you know, the singing bowls and and could get you into that state where you were able to help people um, in in past life transgression. So uh, I guess my next question with that is, was it like an aha moment or is it something you worked at or, or was it like a snap and you, you were able to do it?
1: It was more like a, hmm, how come I can do this?
0: Ah, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you didn't even know what it was at first, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I was just like, why do I know that if I just keep them in this healing state longer that I'm healing emotions from past life?
2: Is it like meditation? Are they like, is it like hypnosis and meditation?
1: Yeah. Past life question singing? is his hypnosis. So when you use a singing bowl, you take people into yeah. the deep, deep theater state and, um, that takes you automatically into hypnosis. And so what I learned, because I thought, oh, well, you know, you're supposed to get qualified, uh, is that, well, first of all, I learned to be an official past-life regression therapist or you had to first study hypnosis. And it was looking at a 20-year trajectory. And I was like, that's a load of crap. Sorry, but...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've that's... got people
1: who, who who need help here and now. Uh, I have a master's degree. I used to be a university lecturer. I can teach myself anything on this earth, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so I trusted myself and I just dove deeply. I yeah. did courses. I read every book I could gather on and I just had people start appearing who needed help. And, you know, I charged minimal amounts to start with, a token amount. They knew they were... Uh, so what
2: did they need help with were they like struggling with trauma that they didn't understand where it came from um,
1: a lot of the first ones were to do with romance we all want to understand why we can't stop thinking about that person Mm. why that person got away why that relationship didn't work out why we're not happy in our marriage why 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 i mean i for me my my question was okay i I've been divorced a long time and I've had a certain specific number of relationships since that divorce. Why haven't I repartnered when everybody else in the world has repartnered and remarried? And I realized that when the moment that I realized exactly how many relationships I'd had mirrored a past life where I'd had that many wives.
2: So when a person comes to you uh, to do these these past life things and they're they're looking for answers it has anything ever happened where they go through the regression and they find out like something shocking happened in one of their past lives like yeah, they sure. were the captain of a pirate ship or something really wild like that you know
1: yeah um i have my- my podcast is called the Infinite Life Podcast. And when I started it, I started it to document my journey with past life regression. So I think we're nearly at 100 episodes and uh, 99% of those episodes are past life regressions that you can listen to. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And they're recorded cool. with the camera on. Yeah. So, oh,
2: wow.
1: Yeah. With the camera on with full permission of the, the client and you can see every reaction because That's my thought was – You know, I have read many, 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 many books on reincarnation, and these books were shared at the end of the person's career, right? I was like, no, I want to share it as I go along because Mm -hmm. the end of your career, you're old, your brain doesn't work as well, you don't remember as much, you lose the gist of the stories, and I wanted to capture it in the moment so people could follow as I learned, they were learning as well. So, yes, wow. uh, there there are many, many things that people have discovered about themselves because we all have what well, we classify as a good incarnation and a bad incarnation. We've all been anything that you can imagine before. You know, we've killed people. We've done some of the most revolting things that you could ever imagine, and we've done the, some of the most wonderful things. The point is to help people understand that that's part of their soul's journey and to not shame, blame or get them caught up in the hysteria surrounding that particular incarnation. Through all of this, we want them to remember that they are Mark or Tom or Katish right now. And the reason that they have accessed this past life is to heal the emotions, the memories, to gain the learnings from that lifetime, to stop them from repeating those patterns in this lifetime. And importantly, to remove any psychic hooks between people. So say, Tom, you were my lover in a mm-hmm. past life. Mm-hmm. If we had an unresolved love affair or something, uh, you may have made a, a vow, for example, on your deathbed, if I was nasty to you, to find me in every single lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And so we look for vows and hooks like that that are holding you together. And what we're looking for is each person that you meet in your, in your entire life, there is an akakord. And the Akka Cord connects us together. It's uh, energy. And okay. so we look to see what's coming down that Akka Cord, And where it's a um, really negative relationship, apart from healing and removing anything that is going on in that incarnation, we can dissolve the Akka Cord so that basically you have the space to heal and move on from that person. But we have to do the soul work to make sure that we have healed anything. In each incarnation, so if I was really mean to you, Tom, you may have created some mental constructs around beliefs about yourself, about women, um, about yourself as a lover mm-hmm. or a partner, and they stay in your mind, in your filing cabinet, in the superconscious yeah. mind. So we have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the superconscious mind. And everybody talks about the subconscious mind and says, well, you know, in our sleep we go back and we find and process and file the day's events in the subconscious mind. But actually the superconscious mind is all 144 lifetimes of the soul on this planet and all other planets as well. Um, And it goes back and says, where have I had an experience like this? Pulls out that filing cabinet and goes, right, well this is how we react to this situation. And this could have been a lifetime in B.C. But because that has not been healed and because it has the most pain associated with it, your subconscious mind goes, all right, that's a master file. That's how we're going to act in this lifetime. And so once we heal the lifetimes that are controlling the way we act at a subconscious level, we heal the patterns and behaviours and we can move forward.
0: Excellent. Uh, I I really appreciate that answer because that really helps um, put it into my mind um, very succinctly. Um, one thing you touched on briefly there that I want to go back to is when you said on this planet or other planets, and you also talk about removing um, attachments from non-human entities, right? So can you briefly yep. mm-hmm. describe um, what a non-human entity uh, attachment would be um, in, in your, or I'm sorry, a non-Earth being attachment would be in, um, in this type of uh, environment?
1: Yeah, this is really fun. Uh, And it can be really nasty. (laughs) So I discovered this. I discovered this accidentally, as you do. Uh, One of my very first clients on the podcast that would agree to do a recorded session, her first lifetime that she went back to was non Earth. And I was like, oh. What? Uh, Sorry? And I went with her. And um, I was like, I've never even heard of this planet. Let me tell you, I've heard a lot about it since. and I just wanted to see what this had to do with and what was the purpose of it. And her planet was called Mintaka, and it was a water-based mm-hmm. planet. And the entire purpose of that incarnation was to learn joy. The entire purpose of um, her finding out about that was she needs to bring joy back into this lifetime. I was trying to bring back the, the, the knowledge. But so, for example, what that then led to as my skills progressed was that I would do what was what is called a body scan to check for emotions Um, I did um, spirit releasement therapy training and learned that emotions can stick into the body and turn into cancers or disease or whatever. But also when you check, you can talk to your emotions, find out what it's about. But you can also check and also say, hang on a second, let me know using the archangels or, or your subconscious directly or any spirit guides. Right. You're talking to me. Are you just an emotion or are you? a non-Earth being, so somebody that resides on another planet normally, yep. or are you what I would I used to call a negative entity? So let me just go with the non-Earth beings first. Okay. Non-Earth being, um, your energy is your energy irrespective of what your name is and what time you live in, okay, At, or what planet, because even though you may have 144 incarnations on Earth, you'll have 144 incarnations on any other planet in this universe and, and other universes, right? So to energy, energy is energy. And like I said, any
0: mm-hmm.
1: any and every being that you've ever met has these ACACORs, right? So it could have been, let's pretend you lived on Mars. Somebody who has an issue with you currently right now on Mars can follow your energy to, to Earth very easily. Now, when I first started doing uh, spirit-releasement therapy, they were the most beautiful sessions because... Uh, At my level of skill in that time, I was just discovering the friendlies. And so the friendlies are and were, and you can listen to these on my podcast, I have a whole season on non-Earth lifetimes, Um, which was we were discovering um, family members. So mothers who were distraught that followed their children to Earth and then stayed around. So the motive is fear. They were afraid to lose their child. So in many of the examples on the podcast, what had happened was that uh, their planet, because we always ask them to describe the colour of the light on their planet, and the colour of the light gives us an indication of how healthy the planet is. Um, as it turns to orange or red, that planet is getting ready to um, self-combust and Is that because of the sun? Uh, well, these can be in different system so not necessarily well, no, but their
2: star would have it would yeah, project yeah. a different light yeah yeah, yeah
1: that's right yep yeah. yeah um Perfect. and so for example in in one of them the mother said to me um okay. i had to send her away and i'm like what do you mean i had to send her away um well it was not safe on our planet anymore we had to find a new location so um we sent her to earth so she reincarnated to earth But she was so attached and afraid and didn't trust what was going to happen to this child on earth that she came with her. So she hijacked the energy. And so energy is just energy. And so she's been sitting in the various energetic layers ever since, um, protecting her. And, for example, this one one lady, I'm going to call her a lady, the, the mother of this human being on another planet, I said to her, oh, so you have more than one children? And she's like, yes. And I said, I'm just going to remind you that you have other children on your planet. This one here, she's a grown woman with her own children. She looks pretty fine to me. Uh, She's come to me for help. How about your kid that you've left behind with nobody attending them? And she was like, oh, I forgot about my kid. That was her motive to go. Uh, and so it was intensely emotional it was really really emotional and what we do then is that I take them through regression I promise the 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 attached the attached um, non-earth being I will take you your child back to their lifetime on your planet so they can see who you were and you can reteach them their spiritual gifts because obviously there's something that they need to know as well about who they were then and what gifts they have in this lifetime. And you and you take them back to that other lifetime on the non-Earth planet, and it's really beautiful because they learn to see and they learn to not be afraid of what we call extraterrestrials. They understand shape, form. They can see what they look like. They understand what their mission on that planet was. They get it very clearly, um, and they can release the emotion of when they had to leave that planet. Um, So that's that part of the question. The second part is that sometimes if you're in war with another planet, they can follow you as well because it's following the the energy. Mm -hmm. And what they can do, um, and either as a um, friendly or a non-friendly, is they will attach a device into your aura. And what that device is, it's like it's a tracking device usually to track, monitors your thoughts, uh, monitors your body, uh, monitors your location and they can use that for purely safety purposes you know like this mother had created a an attachment or they can use it for um, nefarious purposes and in all of these cases uh, we remove the devices so we call excuse me i know this can sound borderline imaginary but we call in the spirit doctors so these are humans who have incarnated on earth been physicians of some kind and after they've returned from their incarnation have agreed to be to do spiritual service as a spirit doctor we call on the spirit doctors and the spirit doctors um, isolate the device Um, they remove it and then they heal it and then I remove any of the psychological constructs um, around having this device in you because uh it can cause anxiety, can cause paranoia. Um, a lot of the symptoms that we get in the modern lifetime that we blame on stress and anxiety and all the different syndromes that you can have now are actually a result of having implants in you. Uh, you can feel them once you are trained and you've had a few removed. Some of them can be so large um, that you can, when they're removed, it, it leaves a bruise. So I don't have the example- So are these
2: physical? Are these, are these actual physical implants then? in In your body or are they like a metaphysical construct kind of
1: some are metaphysical, some are physical, so that's why okay. you need the surgeons to remove them so i I had one removed from my foot and it was literally took up all my foot, and I had a bruise that big for a week wow. afterwards i I didn't oh kick man. my feet, <laughs> i didn't yeah. you know anything like that um I mean you know Tina Irwin, who you've had on who's on your podcast live yeah. today. Uh, which is uh, the twenty first of twenty Jan- fourth of January? Tina uh, was the first person that helped me identify devices because I had a session with her. And oh, wow. uh, when I was in this session with Tina, I said to Tina, uh, well, "Was actually the second session I had with Tina. I said, Tina, I think there's a device in every meridian and nadi in my body. And uh, I don't know if you can see that doll behind me." barely it's an acupuncture doll you know and basically you can have devices in every acupuncture meridian, nadi in your body and she said to me yes you seem to be the most targeted person i've seen on this planet and so my skill set had to increase because i then had to learn how to do it by myself without tina
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I had no idea you knew Tino or had worked with her. Yeah, um, we didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't know that. That's a wonderful, um, uh, what we can call Mark, synchronicity that we had no yeah, idea about either. Um, we're getting into our own hellier, if you will. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, and Tina was a much loved guest, and yes, her—I her, believe it was yesterday or today—her her episode went live. So, mm-hmm. Tina, if you're listening, you know when when this comes out. Uh, hello, <laughs> and, um, that's wonderful. But let's uh, with uh, the implants and how it affects you physically here and now. You know your current uh, body. Uh, I had noticed you had mentioned about how it caused like anxieties, depressions, and things like that. How do these in, these attachments or devices how specifically can they affect your physical or your mental well-being in this world
1: yeah so it depends on the intent like everything even on earth thoughts create a projected energy and they have an intention right and so uh a device has an intention and so you can have uh neurosorcery devices which are created by black magic which have a hardwired intention in them, and they interfere with your nervous system. So a lot of people, I have to be careful how I say this, but there are a lot of people out there who have chronic, chronic spine issues, and it's, it is a case that they've got implants in there. Um, remove the implant, remove the chronic issue from that tissue. Um basically it's like imagine if you had to walk around with your Wi-Fi for your home internet stuck in your arm. Like it's gonna start mm-hmm. mucking up with yeah. your signals, right?
2: Are the are these implants have are you familiar with the work of Bud Hopkins? Um so Bud Hopkins, um I believe he was a podiatrist, a, a foot doctor, um, and he a huge part of his career was actually taking implants out of people's feet um who he speculated are from uh you know non-human intelligences things like that um have you ever have you ever um had uh have you ever done a regression where that turned out to be perhaps maybe something like an alien abduction anything like that
1: no 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 alien abductions don't seem to be part of my my work because The work that I do is to show people so far has been to show people how the soul works and to help Mm -hmm. people understand and not be afraid of ghosts and understand and not be afraid of, um, uh, non-Earth lifetimes and understand and not be afraid of also negative entities because we have to, uh, see the fear and understand the spiritual message behind all of them to understand what our path has been on the soul. So, Yes, we discover these things. We discover ghosts exist. We discover that thoughts create energy which can attack you or others. We we discover that there are devices that can be used either positively or negatively, and so we discover duality, right? And we discover that our soul needs to understand things from both perspectives. And any time there's a negative situation that we're going through in our life or we've had a negative past life or a negative entity or a negative device, there's a reason for it, and we have to clean up our own mess spiritually. The mess of our soul, and as we take radical, radical responsibility for what we have done in all incarnations, then we understand the messages and why these things came to us. So it's like, um, it's in Tina's world, she calls it karma. So you were cleaning up your karmic mess, um, mm-hmm. so that you evolve, your consciousness evol- evolves, you act better, you become more responsible for your energy, you don't. Accidentally sent out a, a thought form that curses somebody, for example. You have a thought about somebody that's negative, you're sending that energy out to them, and it comes in dart forms. It pierces the aura and co- causes harm of the person that you're thinking negatively about. Take it one step further and wish ill harm on somebody, and it becomes a curse. You only have to look back in history books of the whole entire French nation or the British you know, or the Irish, you'll see how widespread curses were used.
2: Is that what these devices are? Are these devices, these like metaphysical devices, are they curses?
1: No. Curses are thought forms. Okay. Curses are literally, they're literally projected thoughts. Projected thoughts that have an intention to harm.
0: And the devices are more to stunt your energy, whether it's to keep a tracker on you, know your thoughts, things like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, with, uh, with what you were talking about, is that, and forgive me for, if I don't know the definition, but is that essentially mental sovereignty where we're responsible for our own mess to clean up? Can you explain a little bit about mental sovereignty and how we need to do a job of cleaning up our own, you know, salt mess?
1: Yeah. So the, there's two two main things that you need to understand with mental sovereignty. There are the thoughts of that you're having, that are by you. So Tom, Mark, or Katisha having physical, um, conscious thoughts, right? Yes. And you need to be responsible about that. The second layer is your subconscious thoughts. The third layer is your superconscious thoughts. Because remember, energy is all at once. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you haven't cleaned up your mess in previous incarnations and they're still alive at the same time that you're alive. So um, what I mean by that is let's say you had an incarnation where you died at the age 67 and you're not 67. That is an active lifetime that is actively influencing you until you reach that age of 67, right? Okay. So we need to make sure that we understand the impact of thoughts and then we need to check our own thoughts and what they have created. So the best example to show you there is in a past incarnation, you may have had something so horrendous happen to you that you created a thought form known as a tulpa or a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So th- the best book that I can recommend anybody um, read is called Tolpa's Thought Forms by C.W. Leadbeater. And now... Okay. Uh, These are actual physical illustrations um, which show you what thought forms look like. They look like arrows, um, you know, depends upon what the intention was. And so a poltergeist, for example, is a thought form that you create when you've had some kind of mental trauma, physical trauma, um, something that you can't get over that you keep revisiting in your mind. You put more and more focus on it. What you focus on, it grows and expands when you yes. put so much focus on something it energetically comes into life right it it mm-hmm. doesn't have a sentience that in the way that we understand it but the energy is so intense and focused on the thing that you're thinking about that it creates a form a poltergeist has a very important message to you about the trauma that you need to heal and it will attack you until you heal that thought form that's why You know, you can read any of the books from the 1900s or watch any of the movies or whatever, where the poltergeist is throwing things at people because they're literally trying to get your attention about the trauma that you have experienced. Um, You watch. (laughs) Next time you get really irate about something, stop for a moment and feel your energy. You'll feel yourself heat up. And if you could see that, if you had psychic gifts, the gift of sight, right, you would Mm -hmm. be able to see that in colour form and you could feel it. And literally anybody else in the room can feel it too. So it's a bit like if you walk into a room after an argument, you can feel that tension.
0: Absolutely. That that yep.
1: energy exists and we have to scoop that energy up, heal it and send it back to source or universal mind oh. for, um, for mental constructs. So there's that there. But there's also the major really important thing, um, which we haven't touched much at all about, is ghosts. So ghosts yep. attached to the aura. Um, mm-hmm. and stay with you for all incarnations until you have them removed. Now, why is that important? That is important because ghosts are human beings who have died and not gone, returned to source, okay? So in their state of energy, when they die, let's say they died of uh, cancer. And mm-hmm. here's an, an example. Um, I've t- taken a, a client back to a past life. Uh, And a present life where she had cancer and when I was investigating her body and trying to find and understand why it kept manifesting in her breasts first level we got to was all of her emotion immediately goes to her breasts you know when she's angry when she's sad it always causes issues in her breasts and I was like why is that kept going through the layers and the layers and the layers and then I found a ghost attached to her who was a lady who died on the operating table having a double mastectomy so her energy has the energy of cancer in it, breast cancer specifically. It's found her when she was in hospital. Like mm-hmm. energy attracts like energy. Hospitals are notorious for it. Um, you okay. can get entire groups, um, so, uh, groups of, of whatever they died of, come to you, and it comes to you. That energy therefore concentrates on the area of dis-ease that they had at the time that they died, and you, you manifest that illness. Not only that, but some of these ghosts, bless them, whether you know them or not, will have their own agendas. So a lot of your past, past and present life relatives, for example, may not go to the light because of guilt, because of anger, for, because of retribution, or because they wanted to protect you. So they will, they're in your mind stream. So a lot of the time when we have busy, noisy um, thoughts, you might stop and think, which of those thoughts are mine? When you think, oh, that's not me, that sounds like my mother or yeah. my great grandmother, it's usually an ancestral who hasn't crossed over. And you're like, oh, why haven't you crossed over? And like, well, you're going down the wrong path and I needed to correct you. And I have to tell these ghosts, I'm sorry. I understand your intention. It's not your life, it's her or his lifetime. And by the way, did you understand that you can be of greater service? if you do this from the afterlife.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, yeah, um, so we'll wait for Mark to get back on, I guess, the other connection issue. But um, so furthermore on on that, because I think that's really interesting. Um, You also, you're healing the individual who's coming to you, but a little bit is also... Helping the go or helping the spirit, the ghost as well, understand why what they're doing is harmful on this person. And even though they're trying to protect them, they're doing more harm than good. Is that a fair statement?
1: Very fair statement, yes. And I don't realize that because uh, they haven't received any of the knowledge of their life and other things. They haven't gone through their life review. They haven't been... Uh, they haven't got the dose of wisdom that comes after death. they've stayed in their state and their knowledge and their emotional well-being from the time of death, and so they're they're um they think they can help and protect, but their hands are tied
0: i see I see so that's that's definitely fascinating um that you know it's probably from a place of love but they ended up hurting them more than they're they're helping them um, another uh, question, getting back to yours, is, um, you know, we, we have a, I don't want to say epidemic or, or anything like that, but um, there's a lot more mental health issues now, whether it's diagnosed or compared to before. Uh, how does, you know, this negative energy affect our mental health? Is there more negative energy now or is it just more recognizable?
1: combination of both. We have an epidemic of uncrossed over souls, okay? And the reason for that is because uh, with each and every different kind of religion that human beings chose to create or follow, they've had their own set of rules which Mm -hmm. have inflicted on humanity incorrect states of fear about death about the eternal nature, excuse me, of the soul. And so (laughs) I can only tell you that I have crossed over nuns and I have crossed over priests. Um, The fear of judgment created via all of the major religions, not picking any or blaming any religion, has meant that it has developed and created layers of states of being whereby human beings were being punished. Mm -hmm. and put in holding cells or holding places labelled whatever you want to label it um, before they get to source. This is not correct information. Source does not judge. Only man-made gods uh, or any kind of deities judge. There should be direct route immediately to source, but religions and belief systems of all kinds which have been really created in an attempt to understand the world that we live in and the multiverse that we live in, literally have created fear so that people live their lives in fear of death, in fear of this person or being or deity that they worship. At the time of death, they can think of 752 unnecessary things of things they did wrong in life, which may give them guilt, remorse, shame, uh, anger, hatred want retribution or judgment on somebody. They may also have relatives who won't let them go because they're mourning so intensely because they'll never see them again. They don't understand that we cycle through with groups of people in every lifetime. So the energy of the grief pulls them down. Mm. And so the reason that we have the mental health epidemics is that, one, we've never talked about death properly, and the Mm. eternal nature of the soul. Two, we have this fear based culture around the afterlife. Three, we live our lives worrying about morality and judgment and all the things that are around the outside of us and never about what decision I should make that is best for me, so that we live a life of regret. Four, we don't teach emotional healing, so we don't know how to heal the emotions as we process them. And of course, Um, reincarnation is totally forbidden and written out of religions, many religions, so therefore we can't even have the concept to talk about other lives and how to heal them. So there is just a, um, we are reliving wars because there are clusters of hotspots of souls who haven't crossed over. Um, and, Mm -hmm. And so that is why, because the energy of these people is affecting the energy of earth. And those that are attached also affect your mental health as well. So, um, the only way that I can truly explain this is to to watch some of the episodes on the podcast and you can you can see it. But also <laughs> as you become more energy aware of your own emotions, you become aware of what's your own and what's not your own, what's affecting you. And you can understand how I'll give you the example, I don't go out a lot at nighttime anymore. Because if you go if you if I walk out into the city at night time, I immediately can feel the presence of any kind of energy. And energy clusters, especially negative energy uh, or um, ghosts, cluster around bars, pubs, nightclubs, right? Mm -hmm, mm Because when you die, if you were an alcoholic, if you're a drug addict, if you were, um, you know, your favourite thing was to, to take psychedelic trips or you needed a gambling hit or whatever, You still need that. You're still a mind stream and you still have all your addictions. You still have all your obsessions. You still have all your um, uh, sexual drives and needs. It's disgusting. Sorry. I I mean, I've been attacked so many times by ghosts who look at me and say, you're a female. I I haven't had sex in 200 years. How about it? Um, And so they cluster. And so you can walk into an area and you can feel the energy. And so I just urge you. If you get a sixth sense kind of thing, don't go down this alleyway, bypass this shop, go to that shop today, go this route. It's because you're starting to sense the energy. The more you can be aware of the energy that feels good, the people that feel good, the places that feel good, the more you start to learn about energy. You you don't have to become overwhelmed with all the technicalities of what I do as a job. You just need to be aware of energy so that you go, I don't like that shop anymore. I'm not going to shop there. I don't know why, but I'm not going to shop there. I'm not going to catch that bus. There's something about that bus Mm -hmm. driver that bothers me. That friend of mine, I'm going to love them from a distance. And so what you do is you reduce the amount of external energy that is starting to influence your energy because we're just energy. And then you can work out on your own energy and figure out what's impacting your own mind. And that's where the breakthroughs begin.
0: Absolutely. Oh, wonderful definition. Thank you for that. In um, a quick update, Mark lost power. So that's why he's off of here. Oh. He, he told me to send his, uh, you know, um, explanation to our viewers and, and to you. He did not mean to do that. Um, one thing is, you know, I've heard um, from others in the, you know, a psychic realm and things and medium realm about the similar things about how, you know, if you, you pass on and don't go into the light, you, you kind of want to do what you were doing here on earth right um in terms of you mentioned like bars and pubs and nightclubs and individuals who might have had um issues on this planet with substances um could there be an energy explanation for that um in in, you know your your karma or afterlife or is that a solely physical um affliction you know what i mean an addiction like that you know could, could 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 it be a form of, of, of possession, basically, is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, so there are as many explanations as there are human beings on Earth. Everyone is different according to your soul. So some people, yes, they'll have addiction because they chose to try and figure out addiction again. Like, for example, maybe they committed suicide in one lifetime and um, they were like, dang, I was supposed to overcome the suicide thing or the addiction thing. Uh, so they come back in and they very quickly get addicted. Um, yeah. It could be because um, of the people they choose to hang out with, so their external influences. Uh, it could be um, a whole multitude. When you, I'm not sure if Tina talked about it on her podcast episode, but um, one of the enlightening things that she taught me a couple of years ago was that when we um, have a low immune system, When we smoke, when we drink, when we Mm -hmm. use tobacco, psychedelics, uh, anything that takes us to an altered state of consciousness, basically our aura is our immune system, right? Yes. And so like the best way to imagine it is like it's a shield. Think whatever sci-fi shield you've got. Yeah, gotcha. As you you indulge in these substances to escape life, let's put it that frankly, you know, we all have Mm -hmm. hard lives, we escape lives, the shield goes down. So entities get in uh, and certain substances shred our aura. And we have to rebuild our aura to rebuild our um, immune system and to rebuild our psychic protection. Yeah, our defense. And so uh, the best way to explain that this is real is that I have clients who can feel entities attacking them because their aura is shredded.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Yeah, and um, you can feel it. It's painful.
0: Wow, that's um, yeah. That, that's a very great explanation for it. It's um, you know that that realm to me and 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 Mark as well when we you know we talk about what are what are some things here on Earth that are unexplainable and addiction is a big one because some people do, some people don't, some people get better, some people don't. You know, and 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 as far as medical science comes, you know, we only can go so far into trying to explain things like that, um, as well as other certain, you know, diseases that don't seem, you know, you, you have typical ones of this planet and there he is good. I'm glad you got to get back on the router. Um, sorry about that. so, um, you, you have things, you know, um, mental health diseases you are, ha- I'm sorry, let me go back. You have things of this, you know, on this planet, viruses, bacteria, things like that, that can harm you but it seems like when you come to like an addiction or certain mental health issues that doesn't seem to come from anywhere. So we have a hard time explaining it. So we're, we're terrible at it. And, um, and so, oh yes, there you go. Um, is this a form of psychiatry, psychosocial medicine? What is that?
1: Yeah. So this book is where I got a lot of my, um, knowledge from recently that I use. Um, It's by uh, Dr. Jose Lacerda de Azevedo, who is an actual, he's passed on now, but he's an actual uh, medical doctor from uh, South America. Um, And he was the head of the Psychic Research Division um, in a hospital, a charity hospital, which was kind of like what I want to call a mental health institution, psychiatric hospital, but run by a charity. This is no longer in print, but if you can get yourself a copy on eBay, um, like it cost me like $120 to get it to Australia. Um, but he goes right. through all the case studies <laughs> of how he worked with the mental health patients without physically touching them or administrating any medicine to heal them based on what was attached to them in the mental and physical and emotional body based on everything I've talked about today
0: wow wow that's that's fascinating and and that I guess leads me into the the next question um of uh, the psycho spiritual medicine. Do you have examples of um psychiatrists in this in that field that are doing good work today
1: yes so well, a lot of them have passed on but um there's lots okay. of different approaches uh this guy here wrote a book uh rapid entity attachment release he's um in oh. Greece. And, um, yeah. he, he does, <laughs> he does the same sort of stuff, but he uses much, uh, uh, more invasive radical, like the electrotherapy shock kind of way. I um, see. I don't like it, but it was very useful. Um, I, as I said, I, I trained in spirit releasement therapy and, um, the Mark Beal is the gentleman who I trained through. And he was the first person that taught me that you can talk to all forms of energy and find out the reasons behind why they are there. And you can, he uses a totally different approach to Tina, and, um, where you uh, find out the reason behind attachment and then remove it. Uh, I don't use that form anymore because it's very slow. You can be talking to a spirit for a very, very, very long time. I, um, I use my psychic energy. Uh, that The light energy, which is encoded in the DNA in all cells, and I use my uh, connection to the spirit world, a pendulum, and my thought stream to psychically remove entities from people. Um, but I trained with the Hathas, who are 10th dimensional, ninth, 10th dimensional beings, to be able to get my skills to that level through a gentleman named Tom Kenyon. Uh, but there are lots and lots of people to answer your question properly around the world who are in the fields of psychiatry who are getting these inclinations to train in hypnotherapy and don't understand why, or who are being sent to people like Mark Beal to learn spirit therapy and don't understand why. Basically, they're getting fed up with, frustrated with inability to heal people with medicine uh, or the traditional approaches. It's so-called unconventional. Uh, It's not recognised. There will be some psychiatrists and psychotherapists um, and psychiatrists uh, who will be happy to have a conversation and will refer to these people, but modern medicine doesn't recognise it. Um, I guess using psychedelics is probably modern medicine's newest approach to doing that, but the difficulty with psychedelics and I know psychedelics can be amazing for people, is that you're wide open with your aura. And so should That's you get dangerous. a psychedelic a t- a treatment from a doctor who doesn't know about the spirit world, you're going to let more in because you need a team of spirit guides, angels, and beings to help you. You need the spirit world support. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I caution... I caution... Carefulness, <laughs> okay. extreme carefulness around the world of psychedelics. Um, yes, it can be profound, but the reason that I do what I do is because I don't more want guided. to leave people be more vulnerable and open than they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe, well, the way that I do it now is I don't even use the regression therapy unless it's absolutely um, uh, essential is I do it all via distance through the the use of the spirit team and the psychic power because you don't need to physically involve the client the client doesn't need to be there they just need permission and you can do wow. it much faster deal with much greater numbers of entities ghosts and beings of all kinds and have um don't need the client on the other end it's just it's like the next level of precision it's it's using your thought and your psychic power as uh, a surgeon would that makes
2: sense i have a question for you um so you brought up the the number um 144 uh, a couple times is that like uh where is that coming from is that like from sacred geometry or some kind of
1: no so basically when you choose to incarnate on a planet and i I always feel like a disclaimer. This is my knowledge at my current state and current time right now. Mm -hmm. Ask me in a year, you may have modified. Uh, I'm just human. (laughs) So the way it's been explained to me is when we get assigned to a location, Earth, we have a monad that we are assigned to. So a monad is a cluster of 12 souls, okay? And the monad has an archangel of the monad, Uh, There are two of them. There's a mother of the monad and a father of the monad. They're responsible for these 12 souls. And then the 12 souls, um, again, it's like you need a whiteboard, uh, are called the monad. So each one of these 12 souls is on a a very loose but agreed common journey to do something together Mm -hmm. on earth as a great over encompassing guidance post. But within each incarnation, they have free will. You're human, right? So each soul, let's take one soul. So let's call it soul number one. doesn't matter what your number is. Let's say soul number one. Typically, what we look at is we have 144 incarnations, and that is divided upon amongst 12 sub-personalities. So the sub-personalities say, right, I'm up for 12 incarnations and you're, and you, and you, and you, you're all me, but we're up for 12 incarnations each. That's just so we don't get tired.
0: Yeah.
1: However, somewhere on the line, one of those 12 sub personalities of you might go, I'm out. My experience was so bad or so much trauma. I'm giving you my incarnation. So you have some certain sub aspects of your, your soul, which go, all right, well, I'll, I'll do 17. And anyway, so it's you, but, these 12 subsets and you go and you live your own separate incarnations, which is why Mm -hmm. when you go into past life regression, you have very strong emotional attachment to an identification as that's my incarnation to a set of around 12 incarnations. The others might be brought to you, um, in a regression and you might go, sorry, (laughs) how can I possibly be that person?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it makes
1: sense because I can look back over my lifetime and see all of those clues being trying to get through to me. Um, I mean, there's a, an episode of my podcast where way back in the beginning, it's one of the very first first episodes, um, I did a regression by myself and took notes just to share with people what the difference was with a, with a practitioner and by myself. And I talked through the incarnations that I discovered and I talked through the clues and signs. And back then I wrote them off. I was like, there's no way. That just has to be a spiritual message from my dad. And it wasn't until I um, (laughs) crossed over those souls, I went, holy shit, that was me. That was correct. They've Uh been trying to get my attention to cross over for my entire lifetime. It's just that that fitted into 1.2. So if we think about it, there's 12, uh, 12 souls, and then soul number one, I'm 1.1, 1. 1, but 1. 1.2 had that experience. And so what happens is where the trauma is so great, or there's a ghost like that, that soul, that part of you hasn't crossed over. They'll say, okay, 1.1, 1. 1, we need your help. You need to go and find that. So, like my personal mission in this lifetime has to be find every single uncrossed over soul out of my 144 incarnations and cross them over we've been going through with it
2: so uh, you basically you're saying that um everybody's got like 12 aspects to to their to their soul and for some people some of those reincarnations could have went off and went became a ghost and so that's like that's like plaguing them in other lifetimes that's pretty interesting that's very fascinating
1: so that's where the 144 is so there's basically 144 of your own soul but then As the monad, you monad collectively has. has
2: Is is this like is this uh, from like Greek mystery school kind of stuff? Because I'm I'm trying to trying to figure out the the spiritual framework.
1: Yeah. Spiritual framework. Uh, I have no other explanation other than Uh, that's what has been told to me through Archangel Michael, Archangel Zadkiel, um, source itself, um, all my spirit guides as, because like, as I said, management consultant, I spreadsheet things and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to understand it myself. And I'm like, how does this work? Like I have to do it for clients and I have to do it for myself. And why do I remember this vividly? Why do I not remember this at all? Why, you know, and so they basically, um, when I communicate with my guides, they educate me. So it's not from any spiritual uh, mystery school. I don't belong to any mystery okay. schools or anything like yeah. that. No.
2: Um. So b- before you said that one of your clients, um, one of her incarnations, um, she was put on a water planet to learn how to, how to like joy? Um, so does that mean that for each of our incarnations, we're, we have like a mission or a task that we need to accomplish? Is that is that the implication there? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It's something
1: that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Or there's something that you're recommended to do. Yeah. Um. Pretty much. So it's kind of like
2: your purpose in life.
1: Yeah. 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 So it can be as simple as finding joy. It yeah. can be simple as um healing your heart. You know, we. We put so much pressure on our careers uh, where sometimes our incarnation is simply to have that successful romance. Or maybe your entire incarnation purpose is to research your family tree because there's somebody who's going to come incarnate in the future that needs that knowledge. Like no. depending upon okay. on the plan depends upon what you need to do for yourself and for others.
0: Okay. And how would, um, how would one know or need a – how would one get a kickstart in direction where to go?
1: Yeah, so sure. uh, generally speaking, it's pretty bloody obvious. We're shown <laughs> lots and <laughs> lots of signs and we ignore them. But you can go to somebody that is a, a regression therapist and you can ch- ask for a life between lives regression session. So they take you up, you meet your spirit guides, and you go straight to the soul council. The Soul Council is 12 souls who are important to your soul who discussed with you prior to incarnating uh, what the framework for your incarnation would be. Um, remembering that at any time you have sovereignty and you can revoke anything that you were asked to do. Okay. But you need That's somebody who works with the Soul Council to be able to revoke that, and there has to be a pretty good reason why so um yeah so i have um so for example at the moment on the podcast we have the healer's path which is a set of three regressions that i've taken four people through to show them why they're healers in this lifetime so it goes back to moments in the current lifetime so age regressions find out examples of healing uh takes into past lives and then we go to um the life between lives in the third life to find out, A, what were agreements they made before they came, what were the choices, what family members did they choose and why, Uh, what bodies did they have a selection between, and then we um, find out uh, three choices that they could make in this lifetime, and then they can see the mental projections of where those choices would make. So just say they're having a dilemma, which way do I go? We can go and look ahead as to what will be the outcomes, and you will get a very strong reaction no i don't want to go down that path in either future of this life or future another lifetime so yes there are cheat codes you have your mind is the storage facility well it's not your actual brain but the energy that is that final covenant of your super conscious mind it knows everything and you just need to learn how to tap into that
0: and i think um, yeah i I completely agree with that too and you're not the first person who said that on this podcast that You know, it's up here, but it's not your brain. (laughs) You know, It's it's the same thing. Um, I just, uh, well, Katisha, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Wonderful message. And and we've definitely learned a lot. I know our listeners will learn a lot. Um, Before we go, can you mention your podcast again and where people can listen to you or anything else?
1: Yep. So my podcast is The Infinite Life with Katisha Haberfield. It's on all podcast players, and the video footage for every episode is on YouTube under my name, Katish Hubberfield. My website is katish.com, and if you want a past life regression story at the moment, I've only written one uh, one chapter in a book called Entangled No More, uh, which gives you a couple of client types case studies but i'm working on i don't know three four five books at the moment one which will be a compendium on ghosts so
0: Thanks.
1: stay Wonderful. tuned
0: yeah one day stay tuned I'm only yes. on
1: facebook otherwise in social media yeah, yeah. so website yeah. youtube podcast i i, I don't yeah. like social media so yeah gotta manage my energy really yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> i hear that, I hear that. Uh, Again, thank you so much. You are a very wonderful guest. You've taught us so much. And I know our our wonderful listeners are going to gain so much from your expertise. Again, thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for uh, watching and listening to another episode of Label Paranormal Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast player, Alexa, play Label Paranormal, or uh, our YouTube carries all of our videos um subscribe like leave a comment please review us give us five stars we would really appreciate that and uh until next time everyone have a great week and we'll see everybody next time stay safe
2: see you guys